Hello, this is the legendary Zoltan. Welcome to Turn-Based Memories, your one-stop JRPG podcast shop. Actually, it's not a shop, it's just a JRPG podcast. And it is the best and most original one. Original music, original format. What is the format? Simple. I have asked my co-host Mel to play an RPG. One that I love and he has never played before. After I introduce the game, Mill is going to give us his uh, scripted overall impression of the game. And then we're going to talk live and I will grill him hard (laughs) about why he doesn't agree that this is the best shit ever made. It's time to get hyped because today we're talking about Chrono Trigger on the 12th episode of Turn-Based Memories. Today is a great day. Today is the day that all us hardcore old school JRPG fans get to hear the story of how another hardcore JRPG fan who by some miracle had never played Chrono Trigger was blown away after finally playing it. Today my co-host Mel will tell the tale of how Chrono Trigger changed his life forever, blew his mind, melted his heart, and destroyed his family. That's what we think is going to happen, right? We all expecting that Mel is going to come on here and in the next segment and be like, this really is the greatest RPG ever made. I can't believe it. They even got the shopping right. Right? I mean, seriously, what is there for Mel not to like about the Chrono Trigger? There isn't enough character development? Maybe, but Mel is a gameplay first, story second kind of guy, so that won't bother him. The shopping windows tell you everything you need to know about the items on sale, so we can't complain about that. The out-of-battle party members gain experience. The final dungeon is not a giant maze. You don't have to experiment with status effects during boss battles. This is the kind of stuff that Mel cares about, and it all passes with flying colors. It's just a jolly good RPG romp. The only thing that I personally noticed as a flaw is that it's way too easy. It wasn't easy for me back in high school, so I'm really curious what Mel thinks of the difficulty, but I would say that it is way too easy. Now, allow me to present evidence, or at least tell you about my evidence. Since I have played Chrono Trigger many times in the past, I decided to, to try what I thought would be an insane and maybe even impossible challenge. I call it the Chrono Berserker Challenge. Can you imagine what that is? The rules are, number one, once you get the Berserker accessory from the lab area in 2300 AD, you must equip it on Chrono and leave it on him until the end of the Ocean Palace where you must unequip it and give it to someone else for safekeeping while Chrono goes and gets his bitch ass annihilated into pure energy. Literally, he just melts away into the atmosphere. It's pretty cool. And number two... When you get the second Berserker in 65 million BC, you must equip that one on someone. You can switch that one around, but you must always have two Berserk characters from this point forward. I was wondering if this challenge would even be possible when I started it. There are so many bosses that have counterattacks or require magic. 
The first one I was worried about was Hecran, who has a, a stance where he'll counterattack your entire party with a water spell. It was a tough fight with Chrono constantly causing Hecran to counterattack, but Robo's heal beam had me covered. The next fight that I was worried about was the one that truly had me thinking that there's no way to do this. That was against Nisbel in the Dinosaur Age. If you don't hit him with uh, lightning, your weapons will deal only about 5% damage of their normal 5% of their normal damage. It turns out that if you don't use lightning on him, he never does his strongest attack or any strong attacks. And you can just rage on him at 5% power for like 40 minutes. <laughs> and there's never any danger of dying. So while I did have to retry several boss battles throughout the game, overall, this challenge was no challenge at all. And I managed to defeat Lavos with two Berserk characters and finish the game. When a game creates boss battles where you have to figure out what you can and can't do, that forces you to come up with a plan, that is good game design. And it is the stuff that sweet, sweet boss battles are made of. Except when you can ignore it completely and have Chrono act actively make the worst possible decisions and still live through it, then it's just too easy. So that is my testament for why Chrono Trigger is too easy. Chrono Trigger needs hard mode. But like I said, the first time you play it, you don't know that it's easy. Because all those counterattacks, they scare you. They do a lot of damage. So what did Mel think of the boss battles? No doubt he loved them. No game gives you as much information about your enemy as Chrono Trigger does. I'm not talking about elemental weaknesses. Chrono Trigger goes much farther by saying, too close to counterattack, or releases stored energy, or only fire damages. That's an unprecedented amount of information, and I really like that the game tells you all this. Not just because I like knowing it, but because it actually makes the boss battles more memorable in my opinion. There's no way Mel doesn't love the boss battles. How about the semi-random battles and the battle system itself? There have been lots of JRPGs since Chrono Trigger that show the enemies and the environment. Even Dragon Quest XI had it, which we reviewed. Go watch it. A game as well-produced and well-received as Dragon Quest XI, which came out in 2017, has got to do enemies that are visible on the field better than Chrono Trigger, which came out in 1995, right? It doesn't. I don't think any game has done it better than Chrono Trigger. To be fair, what Dragon Quest XI and every other game I can think of does is all that you need to do with enemies on the field. They just walk around, block some doorways, and try to attack you from behind. That's all they really need to do. Chrono Trigger goes the extra mile to animate creative situations, like two little imps playing soccer with a roly-poly as the ball, or enemies placed to guard a switch or an Enertron, or a dude throwing rocks at you from an opposite cliffside. It simultaneously makes the dungeons more immersive and more fun. I really don't know of any game treating on-screen enemies in this way. Mel better appreciate it. Now what about the battle system itself? Mel thought Final Fantasy VI's battle system was pretty good with all the cool abilities you can use, but he said that there was an overwhelming number of possibilities. In Chrono Trigger, there are still a decent amount of tactics you can use between the accessories you can equip and the dual techs you can perform. 
but it's mostly the dual ticks, really. Since you can pick your favorite characters and then have them work together to defeat the bad guys, it feels kinda good. And once again, the real reason that it's so enjoyable is just the sweet animations. Animation, I have found during this playthrough, is responsible for a lot of the fun because it adds to the atmosphere of everything. The world, the characters, and the story feel fleshed out and real. So Mel is going to like the battle system. It looks amazing and there are some strategies that you need to employ like using lightning to paralyze dinosaurs. Towns are another thing that Chrono Trigger totally changed the game with. You can see every house in the entire city on the world map. How amazingly convenient. I always dread going to the next town in RPGs these days because I know that I'll have to explore this huge place which should be fun but it's always it, it never feels good because it's hard to know if you've been everywhere or seen everything and talked to everyone. Treasure chests are yet another thing that Chrono Trigger does better than any game I can think of. You constantly find sweet ass equipment upgrades and a funny thing about them is that most of them are right there on the path. You don't even have to search for a lot of them. Music! One of the things that Chrono Trigger excels the most at. How can anyone not like this soundtrack? How can one even be indifferent to it? What are we gonna do if Mel is like, The Magical Kingdom of Zeal? It wasn't really my jam. Actually, I, I know exactly what we're going to do. If Mel says he didn't care for the soundtrack, I will end the podcast. I won't even finish the episode. I will cut the audio right there and upload it. <laughs> Lastly, the story. It's pretty good. I like it, and I am impressed how they made a story that completely wouldn't have happened without the party getting involved. If Chrono Guys, Chrono Guys hadn't arrived in the Jurassic era and, era and killed all the Reptites, the Reptites would have killed off the last remaining humans after Lavos fell. And they actually worked that stuff into the multiple endings, which is a total mind blow. But as I was playing through Chrono Trigger for like the 14th time, I realized exactly what it is that makes a good game. All aspects of the game contribute, of course, but there is a hierarchy. At the top of the list is the battle system, level up systems, the challenge, and the exploration. In other words, all the gameplay, right? Somewhere in the middle is graphics, music, setting, and the camera. Least important as I see it is the story, the lore, and character personalities. You would think a game with great gameplay and a terrible story would have taught me this lesson, but instead, it was a game that has a good battle system, good exploration, a good story, and amazing graphics and music. That is Chrono Trigger. And there is no way in hell that Mel didn't have the best time ever.
Hi, I'm your co-host Mel, and I did not fully understand Chrono Trigger. I admit it, I never played it before, but I thought I knew. And that's the wildest part. I thought I knew what made this game really special. I thought it was the combat. The combat is really good. I thought it was the music. The music is really, really good. I thought the cast of characters like Frog or Robo were what was making this game really cool. And guess what? Those characters are really cool. I finally saw the light late into this surprisingly short adventure. People go mad over this game because of the still impressive ways it handles its time travel mechanics. It seems obvious. It's called Chrono Trigger. The game is clearly about time and time travel on some level, but things this game, an SNES game, does with that concept managed to really impress me. I think it was some of the late game side quests, and thank you Zoltan for insisting I do not skip past those, that have you zipping in the same locations forward and backward through time in a flash hundreds, thousands, millions of years in an instant to see meaningful changes to NPCs, the overworld map, to your own cast of characters. This game took being about time travel way more seriously than I thought it would, and I guess I underestimated what game designers would or could do back then. They fucking kill the main character. They kill off the silent protagonist and have you work to get him, who is supposed to be you, back. What a wild shift. I don't think any other game has killed off a silent protagonist, previously or since. <laughs> so, getting into specifics, if Zoltan thought I would love this game's mixture of real-time and turn-based combat, well, he was right. If he thought I'd be pretty happy with the ease of swapping out equipment, and even swapping out party members, ding right again, theoretical Zoltan. If Zoltan thought I liked how clever many of the boss fight mechanics were, then good golly, he's just so damn right these days. But, if Zoltan thought I liked the way Frog always spoke with this fake old-timey English way of speaking, then no. No, the Zoltan from that particular timeline is very, very wrong. Ted Woolsey, one of, if not the only, translator and localizer for this game did an otherwise very good job and even rolled in some actually good jokes the one where uh, a boss character references the battle music slap bass is a really good example but uh frog i stopped that frog is a good character both in the story and in the game i mean damn he lays down the hurt and the heels but not every word needs to end in a th so let's talk about difficulty for a moment this game strikes a very good if sometimes precarious balance for a first timer like myself who doesn't know all the perfect builds or where all the best items are or who has the best text and synergy uh, in this way, Chrono Trigger does a very good job using the whole RPG carcass, if you will. 
They don't let too many of the gameplay mechanics slip into irrelevance. You know how sometimes spells or items or resistance gear or stuff like that tend to go unused in some role-playing games? It felt to me like Chrono Trigger was bent on getting you to use every tool at your disposal at least once, and I think, in honesty, some of that has to do with there not being a whole lot of tools at your disposal in Chrono Trigger. There's not a lot of excess to this combat system. Uh, next, on what I am now calling the old video game vagueness scale of what the fuck do I do? Chrono Trigger does rank a little high at times. NPCs will just stare at you and say thanks or nothing at all when completing a quest and it won't be immediately clear what you're supposed to do next. If anything, maybe the quest is done, I don't know. Uh, there is an old man at the end of time who you'll meet pretty early on and who'll sometimes give you clues, but those clues are intentionally vague. Uh, did I do everything in this game? No. I didn't have time. Did I look where to go next or how to finish this quest occasionally? Yeah, I kind of had to if I wanted to see what made this game so great within about a month and a half. I almost regret having gotten wrapped up into this game because until now, I was blissfully unaware of exactly how much this game needs a proper follow-up. And I haven't played Chrono Cross, I don't know if Zoltan has either, uh, but I also haven't heard the best things about it. Uh, I just know that people are still asking for a Chrono Trigger sequel, so maybe we'll save that for another episode. Welcome to the final segment of Turn-Based Memories, Episode 12, The Chrono Trigger Episode. All I got to say, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. We got Mel with Chrono Trigger. Yay. Insert applause sound effect here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's an air horn. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mel, how's it going? It's going well. How's it going? <laughs> going great. Uh, I just can't wait to talk about Chrono Trigger with you. Everybody who's listening to this can't wait to talk to you about Chrono Trigger, I think. <laughs> so, oh, so popular. It, it's, yeah, in case you didn't know, it's like considered the best game ever. <laughs> I now understand why. Cool. So uh, let me uh, tell the audience that the way this goes, uh, since Mel has just played Chrono Trigger for the first time, and I played it a long time ago, I'm going to ask him a whole bunch of questions. Uh you know, just dig into the nitty-gritty of everything that we didn't cover in our segments. And uh, then we can bask in the glow of someone who just discovered Chrono Trigger. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mel, first question. What took you so long to get to Chrono Trigger, being a JRPG fan and all? Uh, well, it's it's just uh, the circumstance. Like, so I played Super Mario RPG, right? You would imagine oh, he was playing games at that time period mm. of the of that type. Why wouldn't you play this? Uh, I didn't own those game systems. weren't mine. They were my older brothers. So I'd never really had much say in what games I got, and I certainly didn't have the money back then to just go out and get those games. And I heard that this one was particularly expensive and hard to find. Yeah. So it probably would, would have been a case of a rental, in which case it would have been constantly off the shelf and rented 
because I always went to like a tiny rental store. But um, I don't know. I think role-playing games were still kind of nascent. They didn't really, for me, they didn't really uh, catch on in my... I didn't get the bug until like N64 era and GameCube era is Mm -hmm. when I really got like... And PS2 was when I really got like, oh shit, turn-based, everything has to move. I need it. (laughs) Yeah, in my in my case, I just kind of got lucky that I was surrounded by all these JRPG fans uh, mm-hmm. at that time, and uh, I didn't get the bug. It's got to be an RPG until uh, PlayStation One. Hmm. So, but you still played this? I played this, but yeah. So it was just by luck because uh, I mentioned in the previous episode or a previous episode in in the FF Six episode, so episode eight. Uh, that uh, you know, I made a bunch. I met a bunch of Japanese people, just a big room mm. full of Japanese people when I was in high school, uh, and so they introduced me to RPGs and stuff. And uh, they were all waiting with bated breath for Chrono Trigger because they all loved Final Fantasy VI and Dragon Ball, and they thought this is going to be Quest. the greatest. No, they loved Dragon Ball. Oh, okay. Yeah, same artist, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's why. Yeah, so 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 they all love Dragon Ball and you know, I learned about all that thing. I was introduced to all those things by them. And when that game came out, yeah, it was kind of a revelation for them and they they got me on board to play it. And after I played, I was like, Yeah, that was good. And that was it. Like I didn't I wasn't freaking out like this is what RPGs are. I'm playing nothing but RPGs. Didn't happen until a PlayStation a certain PlayStation one game. <laughs> cool. All right. Next question. Um, what do you think about the exploration? Uh, starting off with the towns and then going into the dungeons. The thing that blew me away about the towns that I mentioned was how they're all right there on all the houses are right there on the world map. Hmm. Did you appreciate uh, that or not really care? Well, uh, the towns are. Oh, so I see what you're saying. So instead of going into a town that you walk around in where buildings exist, you just walk directly into the building. Yeah, and that's what you're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. But right. the point is that you can see all of them before you walk into gotcha. them. You know how yeah. big the town is. That's right. Uh, it's it's part of the directly part of the overworld. Um, it didn't really catch my attention until you just kind of mentioned it. This kind of tends to happen on this show where you're like, <laughs> "Did you notice this?" I'm like, "Huh." Not until you just mentioned yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You you but, point some things out to me too, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it just happened that way. But um, as, as far as the exploration goes in general, uh, it, it didn't. It was almost frustrating because it took a while to like get from point to point um, until the game opens up at the end. Like surprise, it's a fucking JRPG. The, the overworld opens up. Like okay, it happens you, all the time. You mean it took time because you had to walk from this place to that place? You had place to walk and stuff? like across the bridge and okay. go into these stupid time portals to <laughs> go from point to point. And that, like, when I was backtracking to get like all the chests, in terms of that, which I guess is not quite what you were asking, but um, well, that's part that of the dungeon exploration, little... right? Oh no, sure. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. When you go back and get those uh, chests that are yeah, sealed by missile. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. That so I you? did that. Uh, I mean, it was a lot of backtracking. I was excited to get what was in them, but mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is kind of a lot of backtracking. I should have saved it for when I had the fucking Epoch ship. Um, What's well, awesome that but... you thought to, that you actually noticed, oh, now oh, I yeah. can open all those chests right when you could then. 
Oh, yeah. I was, like, totally on the train, like, oh, I'm going back and get all this shit. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> cool. So you didn't really care that you could see. Does it not, is it not a thing that it ever bothered notice. you? That when you walk into a town, it's this massive place, and you're going to search the whole thing and talk to everybody, and by the time you're finished, you're going to be like, well, that I did all that. Did I have fun? Did I get any big rewards out of it? Usually the rewards aren't that big in each town. I, I would You're say, right. Right? I would say that off, uh, you know, uh, Shadow Hearts Co Covenant uh, mm -hmm. kind of uh, surprised me in that way. Uh, because at least every town, you know, you're going to find at least one person who tells you all about how you can get um, lots of abilities for one person in your party, right? <laughs> yeah. You go to that right. one town and you find out about the dresses. You go to the one town and you find out that uh Joachim's master is in every town and so that that was awesome. Yeah, I think I think that design uh is sort of in keeping with what we're probably gonna touch on a lot here and it's just cutting the fat. Oh yeah. This game has cut so much of the fucking fat off the JRPG carcass. <laughs> totally, totally does. So should we just go into that then? You said uh, that there was no excess in the battle system. And the mm. game that originally came to my mind when you said that was freaking Dragon Quest 1. Dragon Warrior oh. 1. And how every... One of the things that I think people don't think about is how every spell is super useful in that game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, that was an older design philosophy where it's like, well, we're giving you this thing. We're not giving it to you for no reason. <laughs> You know, when you say it like not, that, yeah. I gotta wonder why did they go out of that philosophy? Because fucking like everything else, it gets dogpiled on by tradition. So, oh well, JRPGs, you gotta have a haste spell. Is haste useful uh, in this game? Did you design the game for haste to be, or whatever the spell in question is? Yeah. Like a poison spell, mm. my character can cast poison because poison is a thing. I see. <laughs> in other games. Is anyone weak to poison? No. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe it's not even very useful. But That's in games point. like that, it's like in Dragon Quest 1, it's like we're giving you these torches. You need all of them. And you need to be very careful about how many of them you have. Yeah. And then, like you said in that, in that uh, Dragon Quest 1 episode, that they ev eventually they give you a spell to help you just lighten your inventory and basically for no other reason. Mm -hmm. Like the heal spell and the light spell and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, do you prefer this or do you prefer Final Fantasy VI's, uh you have tons of stuff, do whatever you want with it all kind of thing? I get, no, I never really got into the you have a massive menagerie of party members who you don't really connect yeah. with. Yeah. I never ever got on board with that. And I, I always felt like that was an older thing that RPGs did in like that golden era, the time period that Chrono Trigger was a part of, but um, because they could, they were so comfortable with the like 16-bit era. They're like, well, just add more, 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 more. <laughs> yeah, People exactly. Want more, and you've got more characters, more worlds, more whatever it is, more airships, more whatever, and like it just kind of waters it down. And then they went in the opposite direction. By the time I sort of discovered RP, like the, the bug for RPGs, mm. uh, in like the early 3D era, because it would have been way too expensive yeah. <laughs> for the games I played to have that large a polygonal cast with voice acting and all that. Yeah. So they pared down to like four or three party members. 
Mm. And this is what Chrono Trigger does. You got three in your tomb and only another, what, three? You get seven total. Seven total. Seven total. Okay. I think. Yeah. So four more. And um, still kind of a lot in my eyes. Not as much as FF6, but still seven is it's the average number for back then, I think. Yeah. And I only think one of them is like a hanger on in terms yeah. of like importance. The rest all managed to have really meaningful stories and really cool care. And like they're fun to just like think about. Like those, they're really cool characters. So um, which one is know. the hanger on? Is it Magus? I, I think so. The guy who like says nothing and whose epilogue like at the end of the game is just like I'm gonna fly away. <laughs> like it doesn't like it's he's a cool character design wise. He still he's, has a lot of story though, right? He's important to the story, but he himself is introduced to your cast so late, uh. and his history I think is again it's like key to the events of the story on a literal level, but uh. and then. In like an interest level, I cared more about like fucking Bo- uh, Robo yeah. than uh, than Magus. Than uh, Magus. Hmm. I see what you're saying. <laughs> he also doesn't uh, participate in any of the triple techs except uh, if you have certain accessories. Oh, does he them. not? Yeah, no, I didn't really use him a bunch. Yeah, I don't think he's in. He's not in any of them naturally. But I think there are a couple of. Uh, um, rocks that you can equip. Rocks, there's like the black rock and the gold rock and stuff oh, that right. you can find. And uh, I think one of them is a triple tech that includes Magus. All of those rock things are just triple techs that involve not Chrono because all the natural triple techs you learn are Chrono and two other people. Chrono's in all of them. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Cool. All right. <laughs> and also, same same uh, topic. With items, you you talked a lot about party members, but yeah, I also really really prefer that they really really cut down on just all the different kinds of items you can put in a game. Uh, mm-hmm. Start starting around FF five or six or something, they they had all those throw uh, throw items that you could throw in battle and do damage. You know, yeah, an item sucks. that casts lightning too, and another item that casts fire too. Aside from your ability to cast it already, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, in FF12, there were, like, tons and tons of items, but most of them were just uh, a replacement for money because you just go sell them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, those, that's what those were. Yeah. And at least they didn't crowd up your actual, like, item inventory that you had to, like, tab through. Yeah, it was a separate just, space, there. the loot yeah. section. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I could kind of forgive that. But overall, I really just wanted to be way less available items in every game. <laughs> Yeah, FF12 goes overboard in some comical ways, especially in terms of, like, status ailments. Like, do you really need, like, stop, stone, and disable? Yeah, disable. They all do the same fucking thing. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Okay. All right, this is a question I was dying to ask you since, like, first, we first assigned you this game. How badly was your mind blown when you entered the trial. Oh, when uh, in the beginning? Yeah, in the beginning, because that was a freaking a moment for me. I think it was a moment for a lot of people, but like seriously, minds was being blown at that moment. I was just like, no way, dude. That girl was watching me. Like I was just I was feeling stuff, man. You weren't feeling it, huh? I don't like. I it guess anymore. not. I, maybe I heard something <laughs> about it, but um, you didn't know about it, about did the, you? 
I think I may have. I knew there was a trial that happened early on. I'm talking about when you get accused early on. Yeah, of, kidnapping the princess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. there is a second like instance where the king gets put on trial. Yeah, that happened too. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. that's okay. Um, I don't know. I I was kind of just going through it. I, it was cool scene. That was a really cool like set piece too. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I guess I, I guess I guess I didn't resonate with me. I don't okay. know. Well, maybe you didn't do anything. What did you do? Did you, for example, um, so here's how it happened to me, and my mind was blown. Right, you you run into Marl, Marl and she, yeah, and first thing you notice is, oh, her pendant fell. I'll go pick it up and give it back to her. And then when you go to the trial, they're like, can you believe it? Like that girl who's like sitting down at the fountain. Oh, like, now it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he, when you go, it, it keeps track of what you did in like the festival, right? That's what I'm talking about. And then like, you know, yes. you, you go to uh, the freaking girl and she's like, my cat's gone. And then you find he the cat. He ate my lunch. Yeah, he ate my lunch. The guy he, who ate, well, yeah. <laughs> this didn't I, blow I your mind, huh? very clever. <laughs> no, actually, because I didn't know what you were talking. I was like, "Yeah, the trial scene was cool. I didn't blow my." But no, you're talking about the specific part where they they like kind of basically fucking trick you into yeah. picking up an item that they throw at your feet. Like, ah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, that for me was when uh, I noticed that this game is paying attention to what you're doing mm. <laughs> because this game is constantly checking your decisions. And I was like, oh, it's going to be one of these things. Like, they're, they're really playing with, like, cause and effect. Mm. And it, it all, like I said in my segment, it's all so obvious because this is a game about fucking time travel. And it's Kronos in the name. It's obviously an element that they would play around with in a game like this. Mm. But it still, nevertheless, did really impress me. I was like, oh, shit. Like, this game's not fooling around. Yeah. <laughs> you have to watch what you do. Indeed. That was really cool. I guess, like, if you hadn't seen a game do that or whatever, maybe I would have been, like, blown away. But I was impressed. Well, how... Wow. What Are there any other games that have that you've played that have done something like that? Like, nothing comes to my mind. Um. Well, just, like, you do a thing and then the game remembers it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I guess... Not in exactly this way, mm. especially later on in the side quests where you do some fucking crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that impressed me. Some of that shit kind of blew me away. Okay, so let's move on to that. The side quests. Which ones did you do? What side quests did you do? Uh, uh, I did the one with Robo. The one with the forest? You, the one with the forest. Nice. Where you have to fucking rescue him. Uh, or like take him back. Yeah, go it, back to the future, and he's like, he's in a shrine. <laughs> yeah, so that means you saw the Luca cutscene, the Luca's mother cutscene. Yeah, and Luca's fucking mom, dude. Did That's you? That's a horrible cutscene. Okay, so what happened during that scene? So she got trapped in a machine, right? Or yeah. she got like hurt. And, no, that was her. That was the mother, and uh, yeah. she was saying. Input the password or something, right? Or maybe yeah, she wasn't yeah, yeah. saying that, but... Whatever it was that she was saying. Did you input the like, password? No. No, oh she, she fucking lost her legs, right? And so that's why every time you go to her house, she's always sitting down, right? Yeah, that was kind of a mind blow. Okay, well then, are you ready to have your mind blown again right now at this very moment? 
Sure, go for it. If you if you put in the password, you go. She, you can save her, dude. It doesn't surprise me, but that is really cool. Like yeah. after knowing what everything else this game has sort of like thrown at me at this point, mm. that like this game does some really good stuff. Like I don't know why. I think it's just a case for me of underestimating it, which kind of puts me right in line with people who hadn't seen games do this at all, mm. which would have been the people playing the game, where I'm just like, shit, I didn't think games this old did this kind of stuff. And people back then were like, shit, I didn't think games did this stuff, period. Yeah. Well, that's you know? good that you were able to put your mindset kind of into that that back-in-the-day mindset, I, I guess. It, it kind of just worked out that way. Because, I, I don't know, I was... I was underestimating the game a lot. Like, mm. the cleverness that they could do. Like, oh, they totally... Like, I did this thing back in this time period and it drastically affected one of the time periods further up the time stream. I'm like, well, shit. I wasn't expecting the game to get this involved with it. That's yeah. really awesome. So, during that dream sequence part... Or it wasn't a dream, I'm sorry. During that... Uh, that uh, that cutscene... She goes back into, like, a weird portal. Yeah, she goes back to the portal where, to go to the day where her mother Red. lost her legs. Did you yeah. fi- happen to find the note on the ground that said, the password is the name of my darling wife? No, um, there were a couple notes on the ground. I don't think I saw that one. Or if <gasps> I did, I don't remember. Oh, man. Yeah, I was really, really <laughs> impressed the way they did that because... Uh, it's uh, it's set up where you don't have to look in a guide, dude. If you had like searched around yeah. more, maybe you could have found out. Because I got it on the first try when I very played it the very first time back in high school, and I was my mind was blown again back then too. Because they do this Damn. sweet ass thing. I think they do it three, two or three times in this game uh, that I don't think any other games are doing even afterwards. Because there are a limited number of buttons on the controller, but they make the sure. passwords be. Uh, names that you can make with the alphabet names of the buttons, yeah. and so yeah, her they did that early on. yeah, so her name is Lara L A R A, and if you push those buttons, that stops the machine. Very clever video yeah. game, like the one in the factory that Zabby Zabby, yeah, <laughs> awesome. Okay. Yeah, that man, this game is really good. Yeah, sorry. So what, what other uh, side quests did you do? Sorry, I went on a long time about the Luca one. Uh, let's see. Robo, Luca. Um, I got the... I fucking... I got the... The um, the, the Sun and the Moonstone. Awesome. The Sunstone. So those, that was a hard those one. I, I did a little bit... Yeah, I did a little bit of peek in their guide for that one. Just because okay. I was like, I gotta, I gotta know what this is. But... Yeah. Um, uh, those were, I think, were all of them. Did you get the rainbow shell as well? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I was mixing that up with the, the stones. Yeah, I got the rainbow. I sent that to Melchior. And then did made, you... I got, like, the good shit. So you got the rainbow sword? Ah, sir. I'm sorry, yes? Yes. Oh, sweet. 70% critical hit rate, yo. That thing, <laughs> that thing is fucking busted. <laughs> by, the end, by the end of the game, you're just like, Chrono, look at it. It's dead. Yeah, look at it. It's dead. Well, that's the thing that they do with this game too, right? Is like once you beat the game, they're like, okay, just destroy everything. Do whatever you want, man. And, you know, they have New Game Plus, right? And lots yeah. of games have New Game Plus since then. But still, a lot of them uh, don't give you everything. And Chrono Trigger, you didn't go into New Game Plus, did you? 
No, no, no. But I got the impression that the game was heavily designed. Because I know there are multiple endings. I don't yeah. know how many there are. I don't really know what they all are. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got the impression that this is a game, especially since you just said you played it, like, uh, 14 times or whatever. I did. <laughs> you're supposed to play this game. Yeah, you're supposed to just... At uh, least three or four times, right? Well, if, if you want all the endings, like, 12 times or something. But oh, yeah. shit, there's that many. <laughs> there are that many, yeah. So, for example, I didn't... It, basically, it all comes down to when you fight Lavos, and it's kind of amazing what yeah. they do, because... Like I said in my segment, right? Like, if uh, you didn't go back in time and kill all the reptites, the reptites were going to beat the humans because mm-hmm. they were smarter and had technology and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, but when, so I think, I don't know exactly what point you're supposed to go. I guess right before you would go to fight Azala, I guess that's the time instead of going to fight Azala, you just go back and kill Lavos. And then, boom, that's like the dinosaur ending where they win <laughs> or something like that. And so there are so, a whole bunch of different endings you can uh, just kind of come up with in your own mind. Just thinking, okay, if I just don't do this and then go kill Lavos, what's going to happen? So that's what the bucket is for. That's what the bucket is for. Yeah, exactly. You can gotcha, go anytime. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can – I don't remember exactly when it has to happen, but there's a way to go back in time – so that, like, for example, frog never got turned into a frog. <laughs> oh, really? I believe so. I believe that's one of the endings and you can play get. as him without being a frog, or he, just, or he just doesn't enter into your party at that point. No, he enters into your party as usual, but then during the ending, you can see that like he ended up not getting oh, turned oh, into oh, a frog oh. or something. I'm not I sure how. That's a good point. If he didn't get turned into a frog, or maybe he gets turned back into a human instead. I can't remember. I didn't get that ending. I got the Chrono is still dead ending. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't save him because uh, of that challenge I was trying to do with the Berserker accessory. Oh, and, and I was why did ha- that stop you from... I was having a hard time climbing up freaking Mount, Mount of, Mountain of Woe. The Mount of Woe, Mountain of Woe. Yeah, yeah, it gets tough around that part. So I did a bunch of other stuff first, and then I thought, okay, I'll go through the Black Omen one time, come back out, and then go go up and kill and mm. uh, save Chrono. But then I was at the end, I was like, I could probably just kill Lavos, and I tried it, and I got him. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So I got him. I definitely tried. I definitely fought not knowing what I was doing because I feel like if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to run into Lavos like, if you're just playing around. So <laughs> yeah. not knowing what I was doing, I fought Lavos. I was like, well, shit. <laughs> and I was like, well, clearly I'm not meant to go here because the game warns you, like, do you want to go? Are you sure? Yeah. And I was like, all right, sure. I saved whatever. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he killed you. <laughs> it was. Yeah, he, and he clearly is cycling through bosses. Like, I never saw that boss. <laughs> oh, he, that's right. <laughs> you hadn't killed all the but, bosses yet. Yeah, I hadn't at that point killed all the bosses, but I'm guessing that in New Game Plus, you can just fucking wipe the floor with a guy. Totally, yeah. So that that's exactly yeah. how it is. Because, like I was going to say, you get everything. <laughs> everything you had, just exactly the same character, you start with that character. The levels, the, the levels, the items, the gold, the equipment, everything. You're wow. Just, you you one-shot everyone. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> the game takes, the battles take longer to start and finish than they do to actually, like, fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. What were your favorite dual techs and triple techs? Did you have any favorites? Because um, I have some favorites. So uh, my party uh, consisted mostly of Frog, Marley, and um, Chrono. 
So there was a lot of ice water and ice water happening. <laughs> ice of water and um, ice water. <laughs> the uh, the one between Frog and Marley was really good. I think. Um, I think it was just called Ice Water. I, I it is called Ice Water. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that one I used a lot early on. Triple Tex. What did I use? Triple Tex. Remember what the hell I used. Uh, I liked Robo uh, for a little while. Like toward the end, I was starting to transition to Robo as like a good defense and healer. But um, the fuck did I? The Chrono <laughs> Marley and why can't I remember what the fuck the Triple Tech was? Do you remember the animation? Like what they did? Uh, no, I'm trying. Okay. I'm drawing a blank because I was watching someone else playing this game because I wanted to see something after I finished. Mm. And I remember what they were doing. I can't remember what I was doing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't use. Why? Any... Which one? What tunes? Did, what tune did you uh, settle on most of the time? So, because of the challenge I was doing, I used a lot of Robo because I needed his heal beam, right? Which, which heals everyone, and he he's kind of amazing because he can do great healing and great physical damage, and not too bad magical damage either. So. Yeah, I feel like there were. I don't know. Maybe this goes in line with what you were saying before. The game being kind of easy. Like there are some potent characters. Like Frog and Robo are fucking yeah. good. They're strong healers. They are. Yeah. All of the heal spells are pretty good. It, surpri- yeah, they're pretty good. Surprisingly, Marl isn't like the best healer in the whole world. Like until maybe you get Cure Two way near the end. But then that's only a yeah. single character. It's not that great. There's a dual tech with Frog and Robo. Uh-huh. That is better. Yeah, that's the one. That's uh, it's like a heal all, right? Yeah, I believe they had one. Right. So my favorite dual techs, I gotta say, because they're awesome. One of them is Spire. That's the one. That's a good one. You remember that one? Yeah, where you fucking throw lightning at his sword and then he stabs a dude in the head and then he throws lightning on it. Yeah, right? that was amazing. That's fucking nuts, right? Yeah, it's. I'm telling you, man. It's the graphics and the animation that makes Chrono Trigger really like really crazy and awesome. Um, another one I, I really liked is uh, um, Falcon Hit, where Ayla and throws him up into the air and he just zooms across the screen like an e- like a falcon, I guess. <laughs> I never really used Ayla. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, no, I don't know. I guess I didn't wasn't interested. I guess maybe. She was maybe one of the weaker characters, too. Actually, so much so, I fucking forgot she was in the game. Oh, you mean in terms of story? Yeah, and mm. I guess her moves are fine, but she's not like a healer, right? I never really used her. No, she's just a crazy just a physical attacker. Damage attacker, yeah. Yeah, and she doesn't, have a, yeah, she doesn't have a weapon, uh, but so she benefits the most, though, from the level, from level ups, though, so, mm, which was good okay. for my for my challenge because <laughs> I was yeah, leveling okay. up a lot. <laughs> what was like the, I don't know if you know or you remember, what were like the original uh, crew members, party members that you used when you were playing the game before, originally? Uh, yeah, originally, I remember. Um, I always liked Chrono and Luca and never liked Marl. So as soon as, as soon as I had the chance, like the first extra member you get is uh, Chron- uh, Robo, I replaced Marla with Robo. And then later, when you go to the jungle, I replace Robo, replace the third member. It was always Chrono and Luca and somebody, because I really liked Chrono and Luca. Luca. And then always the third member was, at first it was Robo. I never liked Marl. I always got rid of her. And then I switched to uh, Ayla, who was one of my favorites for a long, long time. I didn't, yeah. 
in terms of like character personalities and stuff, I don't really, I have a uh, a bias towards uh, against non-human characters. So <laughs> yeah, so uh, I might be the opposite. You prefer you prefer non-human characters. I think the human characters sometimes are a little boring. Like I think I avoided Luca at first because I was like, well, she's obviously like the the child friend. companion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, I want the other one. Whatever the other one is. And Robo seemed like a weird choice. I was like, oh, and Frog, too. Mm. Uh, but like I said in my segment, Frog annoyed the hell out of me every time we talked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so mostly I was uh, Chrono, Luca, and Ayla. But, uh, gotcha. And when I got Magus the first time, Magus the first time, I, I used him a lot. But you can't use him for triple text, which was kind of boring. Or double text. He's not, yeah. He doesn't do any text with anyone else. <laughs> he does strong magic, right? Yeah, and he, dude, I really didn't use him. He has this like I I came up with an awesome idea. So, um, for the end end uh, final battles, um, I used him a lot for my main uh, my main uh, strategy because his final weapon that you get when you go down to Ozzy's castle and take out all those three again is the Gloom Scythe, I think, and it increases in it says it in the description increases in power, uh, when party members die and how oh. much does it go up well first person dies it goes up double <laughs> oh boy and then when another person dies it goes up like that much again so you're doing like triple damage and then i put okay. on uh an item called the power seal that i found in the black omen onto one of the dudes that dies uh and i think i think the way that works because they don't really say in the description is that when the person with the power seal dies Everybody else gets a lot of power. Like you've broken oh, the seal of power. So I put that on one of them and I had Magus doing just like 2000 damage with regular say, attacks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Yeah, there, I I got the impression that there are some really interesting ways to like break this game wide open. Totally. Okay, quick question. That, yes. that very first time you have to run that race in the future junkyard, that that ship race uh -huh. against Johnny the Robot, did you win it first time? Uh, the very first time? I don't think I did, no. I think I bumped in. I bumped him ahead of me. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so um, I, I did, obviously, I ran it again, because I don't think you can get there the first, get across the first time without racing him, right? You can't just walk by him. You can do that I later. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you have to well, race anyway. the first time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I definitely got it the second time. I think like the trick is to like just not do anything <laughs> until the end. Yeah, basically, just, like, go back and forth and tool around, and then just hit like all your boosts. Exactly. Yeah, just right at the very end, just like boost ahead of him, and then that's it. Because <laughs> you guys are like completely rubber banded together, right? Yeah. It's it's like. A, a gratuitous exhibition of mode seven. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the point of it. Yeah, you can. Uh, Which is, yeah. Yeah, you can I run it multiple times to get a good time, and you get some items for that. I think. But I, yeah, I figured there was like a mini game situation going on there, but I didn't. I didn't stick around in that time period too much. Yeah, I mean that's got to be the most boring. Uh, <laughs> yeah, game it's the ever. most boring. <laughs> it's the most full of like forced encounters because before you get the airship, the epoch, you don't. Uh, you have to run through those goddamn like 
Oh, labs. Those labs, yeah, with like lots of guys that pop up. Especially it's... if you were going there for the chest, like I was. Like, oh, I hate this place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool when you uh, play the game multiple times. You find out, you know, if I go circle around this way or whatever, those guys don't attack me. So it's kind of fun to find all those little spots. Yeah, I was able to dodge encounters pretty effectively, um, but some are forced. Some are totally forced. Some are totally forced. Yeah. Okay, what bosses killed you? Because I remember. Like I, I said that I thought the challenge was actually way too easy this time because of how much uh, you know I allowed um, myself to get counterattacked. But um, think. yeah, but uh, I don't know. When I remember back when I first played it, there were some bosses that killed me multiple times, and there are like some bosses that just freak you the hell out with their crazy attacks in the beginning, but then you know they don't keep up that onslaught the whole time. They just like you know, they just scare you. I remember particularly. Yeah. Um, two two that come to mind are the uh, the queen, uh, the queen of zeal. I forget her name. The queen of zeal. She does this attack. Instant. Everyone has only one HP, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And then like she just you attack her hands. Um, I'm talking about when she's just in her human form. Sorry. Oh, a person. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And it's like holy crap! And so you start healing like crazy. And then the next and you attack start is just out the mega elixirs. Yeah, but then the next attack is just go everybody to one HP again. And so I played yeah. this time knowing that. And it turns out her first four moves will not ever take you be less than one HP. So you just rage on her. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the game has a lot of clever boss fights for sure. I, um, one that I died at. I'm not not that you. Ask me, I kind of realized I didn't die at very many of them, but they okay. were very like some of them were like nail biters. The one I died at was I don't fucking remember the name of it. Uh, the um, he's got the two hands that regenerate, one of them that's why, heals yeah. him. That one because he's casting like magic that's clearly like a couple steps ahead of you. It's on the Mount Whoa, that's where it is. Yeah, uh, before you unlock the guru or whatever the fuck. Um, and yeah, they give you all of those uh, barriers to dampen the magic on purpose. And it's like, well, it's probably going to be a reason I'm getting all these damn things. Sure enough. Yeah. You put those on, you use those, um, the fight's a lot easier. Or if you have, like, there's fights uh, that are just like puzzles where you have to know what to do. Yeah. Or you're just going to run out of MP or <laughs> whatever the case is. Into, to death. <laughs> Yeah, get counterattacked, or they teach you that pretty early on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I th- the what was it in the, the Sunstone side quest? There's that oh, one like boss where it's like a sun. roulette. Yeah. The sun. Where of you have the to sun. hit the right flame. Is yeah. that? Oh, that's what it was called. That's right. I I always never like catch their names because it's always like the last thing you're looking at during the battle and it's the first thing to get covered up by your freaking yeah. battle menu <laughs> and so is your goddamn own party's hp and mp yeah whenever you go to select stuff i'm like well i don't i don't want to back out of this menu because i'm on pause mode yeah wait why not yeah wait mode and the minute i back out like the boss gonna smack me in the face <laughs> so <laughs> like i just want to know how much mp i have and if i should do this move or not yeah <laughs> like the, the ui is clearly doing a little more lifting than it is able to handle 
like they're cramming in as much information on the UI as they possibly can. Well, you, and, if you play you the know. game a second time, like all of a sudden you realize, yeah, okay, I can see it before my guys, you know, yeah. ATB gauge fills up. So I didn't run into that uh, problem, and I didn't. I don't remember um, ever feeling bad about that, annoyed about that when I first played it either. It, it came up on my playthrough a couple times. Like ah, I'm I'm choosing what tech I want to use, but. I know the second I back out or select a tech, the boss is going to go. So I really have to. And that came up a couple times. I wish I could just have an easier way. But I'm assuming you knew this. Uh, you know, you can swap where the health bars go by on pressing the top the or the y bottom button. Y button. Yeah. Yes. Very, very uh, insightful by the game because they're like, well, shit, sometimes our UI is going to cover up the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, totally. They realize you, you always get into fights like in different. Uh, you know, Corners different positions the on the screen. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, oh, we need to solve this. And it's very, very clever. Cool. Did, uh, sorry, um, uh, on about boss battles. Did you die to Magus? Was that not an epic boss battle? I almost died to Magus. I got fucking close to dying to that fucker. Awesome. But no, I squeaked it out. I feel like whenever a boss fight was tough, it was tough, but I didn't die. But I almost died. And that's like was really, like, oh, shit. and that's really the best possible feeling you can get from a boss boss battle. I is think it not? So. Yeah, I think so. When you're like, "Fuck, what do I do? All right, I know what I gotta do now. Fuck, I gotta survive long enough to do the thing." Yeah. Um, or whatever, or or like they they count down to some massive attack, like the yeah. Tyranno, and like, attack, "Oh shit, yeah. like I gotta attack him or whatever it is," and then you know he hurts you real bad, and then. Um. Oh shit! You got to heal, or oh shit! You got you got to or oh, shit. you know whatever it is. But um, I think they do a really good job balancing that. Like I said in my segment, it it does get kind of precarious to where you're like, shit, am I under leveled, or you know whatever the case is. But it's always a a steady uphill climb on your first playthrough. I'm sure by the time you're playing it now, it's like a cakewalk. But yeah, yeah, I. I was really, when I think about it, I really do love the whole countdown attacks thing, and I also really love all the counter attacks that they do. Uh, those are really fun. And I remember when I first fought Magus, um, you know, he got 6,666 HP, yo. <laughs> and, uh, which, of course, I didn't know back then, but it seemed like the battle was going on. I mean, back then, all my battles really were going on like 40 minutes, and it was the most epic thing every time. Sure. Uh, yeah. And so I was having a hard time the first time I fought him because, one, I brought two water people. I brought Marl and Frog. Two. And so that means you have less uh, less possible. If he ever busts out freaking, that means you have Chrono, so that's lightning, and then two water. So all you have is lightning and water. Every time he busts yeah. out shadow or fire, there's nothing uh -huh. you can do. <laughs> Gotta fucking wait. Yeah. And then, you know, with his uh, awesome animations and then his cool music, uh, and you had to go through his huge castle also, and they make a big deal out of it. And you finally get to him. It's really epic. And when he finally gets to the halfway point, and it says, Magus risks casting a spell, and he does that really cool little hand gesture, and then this little cool green light animation goes on. I'm like, what's going to happen? What, what's the spell? Like, something just <laughs> happened. What's the spell? And, like, but then you notice, oh, I can just attack him normal. Okay, rage on him, rage on him, rage on him. And then, like, the freaking message pops up. Dark matter, 
Magus's strongest magic attack. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. my god! And it's a really cool like prism triangle. Like oh in space. shit! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they I do know. a lot of triangles in space in this game. They do. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. So just the whole the spectacle of uh, spectacle of it combined with the, um, combined with the uh, puzzle aspect of it kind of makes the 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 difficulty a non-issue the first time you play. Mm. So I, I'm really impressed by the bios. Yeah. And it sounds like you were too. I really did like them. And I think, I've, like we just said, I think the spell effects, uh, the, you know, the special move effects are, you know, it's it's a thing. It's a really good thing when they design them in a way that you're not tired of looking at them over totally. and over because you're yeah. going to be looking at them over and over. Yeah. And, you know, I couldn't resist the urge on the emulator I was on to, you know, speed up through battles a little bit. But it was, I've seen way worse in terms of like, I wish this was over. Oh, this attack takes too long. Or just like something about the attack isn't fun to look at. These attacks are fun to look at. They are, right? <laughs> Yeah, and it helps that they're all your, you know, your lovable party members, so you can choose who you like yeah. and have them work together, and it feels nice, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, let's move on to music. What were some of your favorite songs? Obviously, every song in the whole game is amazing, right? <laughs> so the song, the when you get into the um, the ocean palace for the first time, oh, man. the fucking music steps on it, like it really yeah. kicks it up. It's like, oh fuck, it's serious now. Yeah, it's and. Awesome. And they did this the is, sweet thing during that dungeon. They did it several times. They didn't interrupt the music. Yes. Yeah, I know. Yes. I was thinking, I was like, Zoltan likes this. Yeah. I know this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And th that was the first thing I thought was, when I got in there, I was like, oh, fuck. Let me listen to this for a second. And then I walked around, got into a battle. I was like, all right, here's a slap bass. Nope. <laughs> they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been so out of place in that, it and would, they didn't right? do it. Yeah, yeah, it was really good that they didn't do it, and they didn't do it a few, a bunch of other times. They too, didn't where exactly. I wish they would have just done that for the worked. whole game, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I agree. Uh, that music did kind of wear thin, uh, and I feel like it was almost like an in joke because you remember <laughs> the boss that makes yeah. a reference to it. Stop and the it music, was, he says. <laughs> it, well, no, he was like. Uh, it was uh, the guy Flea, one of Ozzy's henchmen. Before you go to fight him, he looks yeah. like a girl. It was That's like a right. joke, I guess. Yeah. Um, he goes to fight him. He's like, something, something. It's about to get slapping. Dot, dot, dot. You get it? Because the battle music has like, a slap bass in it. <laughs> dude, dude. I never understood that joke until you told me just now. Oh. Holy crap. That, is that really what they're talking about? The what base? else are they talking about? I, what else are they talking about? To be honest, right? even now that we're talking about it, I'm not sure that that base is slapped. It. I thought it was just picked. I'm not. I have to listen to it oh, again. Right. I don't know as much. I kind of assumed it's very basic. Slappy gets. But as you said, get it at the end of that, huh? Yeah, he said dot dot dot. Get it. Or am I, yeah, no, he said get it. Yeah, that's what he said at the end. Okay, so I was like, oh, I talking to, about the music? I have to check that scene. <laughs> Huh. That yeah. that's really awesome. If that's what they get, they got one by me. <laughs> if that's what that they're referring. Maybe to. Maybe it was something else. But um, yeah, music was great. I think this is, but and it's not really that big of a but. Yeah. Because, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, this is probably the one thing I was the most spoiled on because how could you not? Be? Oh right. 
you know, it's the easiest thing to hear because everyone uses it in all their videos. It's, you know, yeah. the backing to everything everywhere. You know, <laughs> I've, I've been to OC Remix for years yeah. and years. It's like yeah. A million remixes of this. And I have a lot of remixed songs, tracks from this game that I hadn't played until now. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, there was a lot of times I'm like, oh, that's that one. Now I know where it's from originally. <laughs> totally. Uh, but it was still really good, and the original in context was still really affecting to have that for the first time. It still um, sounds good enough to listen to on its own, in my opinion. Like the freaking absolutely. Magical Kingdom of Zeal music, Corridors of Time, it's called. Like, Okay, I don't know any of the track names. That's fine, but it's the one that plays when you're in the Kingdom of Zeal. Do you remember that song? Like the most famous song ever? that one yeah it still sounds awesome to me as it is like this is low quality does not the sound of it is too low quality i want an orchestra or something never crosses my mind when i listen to it i agree it fits the chiptune i guess aesthetic really well they they put it in there it's clearly like imitating orchestral piece but it doesn't feel like the way um, Kafka's theme feels held back by the theme, by the, by the hardware. Sounds, yeah. Like, it's clearly trying real, real hard to have orchestral and choral sounds, people singing, and it obviously doesn't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. and that I think why is why there are so many real life or- adaptations. Not so much of Chrono Trigger, I think. At least, I'm not, not that I've seen it. Because it, it fucking fits. It does. It does fit. I agree. There are still plenty out there. I think, though, I've I've seen a few, uh, you know, orchestra performances of like that opening theme song. Mm. But uh, one thing that uh, I remember a long, long time ago reading uh, Yasunori Mitsuda, the musician, saying is he said that when if you're gonna work in the game industry, you gotta have one. You gotta write songs that are one, uh, you know, fun to listen to outside of the game, even. And two, you have to have the best sounds. So. So he he was like on the game, which is why he's so freaking legendary, I suppose. Mm-hmm. This was, as they called it, right, the dream team. The dream team. I'm. Uh, That's what they said when this game was being made, right? Of all the people who worked on it. Oh, you mean Square Soft guys themselves said that, or people? I think that was like part of the promotion. It might have like been part of like the like the gaming magazine. Unless I'm getting this mixed up with a different game. <laughs> well, no, no game could be more dream team than this game because it's. I freaking, think it was this game. Yeah, it's freaking Yuji Hori, Dragon Quest yeah. dude, and of course also um, uh, Dragon Ball dude Akira Toriyama, and then yep. freaking. Well, no, and then Yasunori Mitsuda, who's it was his first game, yo. The musician. Oh, wow. Yeah, his first game was Chrono Trigger. Like, every game he music, uh, soundtrack he ever made, you know, was amazing. Starting with even the very first one, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> may, yeah, was this a dream team? I don't know. Like, I mean, Nobu I remember Matsu hearing that. was in there. He was in there, and he yeah, did some he songs. There. Yeah, he was in the credits. Yeah. Uh, I remember looking at the credits. I was like, man, I know an astounding amount of these guys' names. <laughs> Awesome. For you know an old Japanese game, I was like, oh wow, Ooh. yeah, these were a lot of high-profile dudes I, I, <laughs> who I made wonder, this game. I wonder what I know the guy who made Xenogears, Tetsuya Takahashi. I wonder if I didn't check. I wonder what he did on this game, if anything, because you know he did the mech design for the BattleTech Magitech armor in uh, 
in FF6. In 6. Yeah. And then this team is supposedly a lot of the people who quit and left to join. Or, I'm sorry. This team, a lot of the members are supposedly, like, I've never looked, uh, you know, pr proven this stuff to myself. I just uh, believed everybody. <laughs> but everybody says that the, a lot of the people who made Chrono Trigger went on to make, of course, Chrono Cross. But then Xenogears. And after Xenogears, still a mm. lot of those same people stayed together, left Squaresoft, and went on to make freaking Xenosaga. So, at Monolith, right? At Monolith, Monolith yes. Yeah. Monolith Soft. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I wonder if uh, he did anything mm. for this game, Tetsuya Takahashi. I don't know. Mm. Okay. Can we move on? Sure. All right. Uh, let's see. Got just like three more left. We're, we're getting down to the... Okay. What do you think of... Uh, this is not directly related to Chrono Trigger, but uh, what did you think of my bold claim of the hierarchy of what makes a good game where, without a doubt, the most important things are the gameplay things, and then the second most important things are, like, uh, what did I put? The music and the graphics. And then the lastly important, I said, was, like, the character personalities and the story, which is the total opposite of what everybody thinks. But while I was playing Chrono Trigger, <laughs> I kept feeling this. I was like, the thing that makes this game fun, most of all, is the graphics. And the battle system is just solid, and also the boss battles are great. Uh, and, you know, the exploration is good. But... The graphics are doing way for, more for it than the story, in my opinion. What do you think of hmm. that? Crazy or no? Hmm. I would say, I would just have to say I have a difference of opinion. I think okay. the story and the setting and the things that they did with time travel and the characters, like the graphics look great. Like they look like really good SNES graphics. Mm. Uh, I of the sort that I'm always down for. Like I, I know yeah. pe some people are like, ah, pixel graphics are there aren't enough pixel artists anymore. Whatever, but um, mm. they looked really good. I, I don't know. I guess I wasn't blown away by the graphics in this game. Like the spell effects look really cool, and like aesthetically, they were fun to watch animate over and over. Um, I think there was a lot of really good expression in the tiny little pixels little uh, uh, sprites that they had for each character in their battle pose, like when they won. It's really good. Um, but I would say that for me, the stronger element was, like, if I had to order it for this game in particular, it would probably go, I don't know, probably battle system story, or battle system music story, and, I don't know, graphics at that. the end. But they're all really good. They're all really good. <laughs> if yeah. I had to order them, that would be the way I would... The things I appreciated in that order that affected me the most. Does, so you didn't think the the story was, like, interesting? <laughs> I don't know. Or, like, not... I guess that's, like... You like the game, obviously, a lot. But in terms of the order... That one didn't really land as hard as like the graphics. Yes, I did find the story uh, good, but I don't know. Though I mean, maybe I'm just too stupid to notice it. But I guess they left a lot of stuff uh, unstated, and so really, what you're supposed to do <laughs> is put all the dots together yourself and have mind blows and epiphanies and realize it how great it is on your own, because it's pretty light on the script, right? And um, it is. Yeah. You know, they say exactly 
kind of the minimum amount that they need to say, and then that's it. <laughs> I was I was very very impressed, uh, but I wasn't impressed the first time. I was impressed after having explain having it explained to me by other YouTubers, um, how hmm. you know uh, the time travel works out really well. And you mentioned that too, how the time travel story works out really well. And uh, yeah, one thing that. That uh, I heard somebody else say that I thought, oh damn, you're right. Was yeah, like basically, you know, the the way it's set up, the the destiny of the story, like the actual canon timeline, if you will, uh, just involves like it was it was going to happen that time mm-hmm. goes on, and then these people go back in time and arrived and like changed mm-hmm. everything, and so yeah, when I think about that, oh crap, you're right. That's impressive. Um. But I guess in the end, because I am so hardcore gameplay first story second kind of guy, it didn't uh, affect me as much as it affected everyone else. And uh, you know that's the probably the one of the reasons that Chrono Trigger is only like my fourth f- or so favorite game, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and not like the first favorite game or something. Yeah, um, I, I, sure. I would say that this game, for including a uh, plot mechanic as gnarly as time travel, yeah. uh, they do a really good job of not getting bogged down in that. And I think part of the reason why, whether on purpose or by circumstance, is they don't, like you just said, they don't really, there isn't a lot of storytelling going on. Things just kind of happen and you do them. You and do them, maybe yes. that's yeah, and and maybe that's just a product of the time where story exhi- uh, ex- uh, exhibition was um, not as heavy then. But part of me thinks like, nah, there were games that got very verbose and long-winded back then too. And I think this was a conscious choice to avoid the hang-ups that <laughs> you're going to run into of like you know. The being your own grandpa syndrome that time travel <laughs> tends to have. Yeah. I never thought about that before, being your own grandpa. <laughs> I mean, that, that goes on in this game, not literally, but like you rescue Robo as Robo, or you see Robo tilling the field. Yeah. Like it, it, so, you know, shit happens, doesn't make any sense. And their response to that is to just like not say anything, which is fine. Because you get it. It's just fucking time travel. Yeah. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so compare this game, uh, not just the story, but everything, to Dragon Quest XI. Uh, someone on Facebook asked me this question to ask you. Is oh. this game... Yeah, I, I, I got on Facebook. I did a little bit of promotion. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, do you think this game compares to modern masterpieces and i would say the modern masterpiece for us to compare to would be dragon quest 11 same artist Mm -hmm. same uh, story writer Mm -hmm. and you know same genre of game and they both include time travel what -hmm. do you think is is uh chrono trigger like is chrono trigger still good to people who just want to play no i'm sorry is chrono trigger still good to people who have mostly only played modern games that's what i want to ask if you only like modern games, mm-hmm. then you're not going to like say, it. Right. Uh, I would say that if you're going... there's You're going to hit a wall with these older games more often than not if you're talking about a person who really has only played, like, let's just say PS3 and newer. Yeah. And now you're handing them the Super Nintendo role-playing games. Like, here you go. 
like they they might hit some snags mechanically because there are you just kind of have to have like that that uh, lexicon of like what mechanics what things are the game not telling you but showing you in like weird like abbreviated fashion that they had to rely on back then. Uh, but in terms of games that did exist then, that are accessible is probably the most accessible, I think, because yeah. the mechanics are pretty obvious. It's not like Secret of Mana, where the mechanics are a little obtuse and you kind of have to study the game a little bit yeah. to understand what language it's trying to, to speak, speak to you in. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I would say this game is pretty modern-friendly in that way. Uh, the battle system is pretty straightforward. You might, if you're not prepared to have to read quick text in a boss fight, you might uh. you might fall through on that, you know. Or if you're not prepared to immediately be led by the nose instantly as to where to go, you might fall through on that too. Hmm. But... Um, no, if you're if, if you're the least bit prepared to deal with a game that isn't new and design elements that are not ultra convenient <laughs> the way they are today. Like the way Backtracking every stuff. time you boot up uh. Dragon Quest Eleven, it's like, remember last time? Yeah, they tell you when everything. we went to the blah blah blah. Like <laughs> games didn't do that all the time. Yeah. So you know. But I would say that if you had to rate this game in terms of playability by modern standards, it rates pretty high. I would agree with you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. ter- if you want to make a direct comparison between Eleven and Dragon Quest Eleven in this game, I would say Dragon Quest Eleven is still way more easily played. It's also easier, but uh-huh. it's way more easily uh, jumped into. It is, yeah. You know, uh, setting aside graphics, if you're whatever up or down on graphics, but um, just like mechanics-wise, it's just easier to like just settle in with. Yeah, but you can the see bar all the is abilities not... on like a menu and stuff too. Yeah, you can see all the, the UI is way more easy, and the the progress that the game is taking you on is way more obvious, and there there are fewer like connecting the dots on your own. Uh, but the bar is not that much lower on Chrono Trigger at all, hmm. surprisingly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, if I, I think you're right. If you started out like playing RPGs with Dragon Quest XI, <laughs> and you thought, okay, so this is what a basic JRPG, this is what an RPG is like, okay. Sure. Maybe right. I'll go find some other ones because this was good. There are actually tons of other really freaking awesome ones that there are probably some out there that you would like more than Dragon Quest Eleven, but I, I I think if you played Chrono Trigger first, like I'm gonna play my first JRPG now, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. have it be Chrono Trigger because I heard that it's good, and you know you're you're not the person who has to have the HD graphics, so you were fine with it, and sure. you really really liked Chrono Trigger, dude. I don't know where you can go from there because like, you know the the place that I have to yeah. go from there is that I like grinding and I like complicated battle systems. And uh, level up systems and things like that. So that's where I have to go. So from here, I can actually enjoy, say, Star Ocean more than Chrono Trigger, even though I think it's not as high quality as Chrono Trigger. So I put it lower on like my top ten list. But like I actually prefer Star Ocean and Valkyrie Profile. So I have that. But uh, yeah, if if you just love the good story and the solid battle system and mm-hmm. nice side quests. 
where do you go from freaking Chrono Trigger? Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I know. This is part of why I said I almost regret having gotten absorbed into this game because it's like there's only, there's no there's nothing else yeah. quite like this that was ever served up that I'm aware of that I have played. And from everything I've heard from people who have been longtime fans of Chrono Trigger, there hasn't really. <laughs> so yeah um yeah it's it's kind of a master class in terms of restraint and design you know that's a really nice point you brought up restraint and design so many games could use that <laughs> no i mean i think we saw it more often by happenstance out of necessity and now that developers have all of this leg room yeah for orchestrated music yeah for Massive graphics, you know, oh, yeah. the Final Fantasy 13 syndrome. Yeah. They had all that fucking money, all that time, and yeah. they made the most boring RPG they could possibly <laughs> have made with the yeah. most boring characters. So, you know, uh, old hat news there, but yeah. I think Chrono Trigger is about that restraint. It's not just despite that restraint, you know? It's not just hemmed in and therefore it's charming. Like, Super Mario music is very melodic because there were only so many sound channels yeah, that, that they could use. Three. Right. <laughs> and so, therefore, a lot of NES music is really catchy because that's all you have to play with And if you're a, musical, if you're a musician. Hmm. But I think Chrono Trigger is more an example of, all right, our peers in this genre have done xyz you know the whole alphabet we're just going to focus on doing abc really well uh, and yeah. i feel like that's kind of what this game is what makes it special it's my opinion that every game should do that not just rpgs every game should have their set of things that they do the best and then yep. you know kind of just yeah cut um, off the fat as you said i i think the reason it doesn't happen is because that isn't sexy you know, Final Fantasy got to where it's at now because somewhere along the line, after I guess seven and eight, Final Fantasy became about graphics. It That's did. what Final Fantasy is. It's like it's like the the Gran Turismo of RPGs. It's about <laughs> the point. graphics. Yeah. And if the graphics aren't bleeding cutting edge, like looks like a CG cutscene but in real time, I I feel like they think they're dropping the ball. So they constantly pour all that money into the fucking visuals. Yeah. At the expense of the goddamn gameplay, and I know it. Totally. 15 would have been so much better if they hadn't made that as photorealistic as they did. Yeah. Or as open world as they did, even. Yeah. Well, that was also just uh, chasing a trend, I think. But I think so, too. But, but you mentioned the graphics. But actually, I think even during this time, they were still... You know, as far as Super Nintendo graphics go, they're always, you know, Square Shift was always the top of the line of the graphics even back yeah, then. Yeah, this was a this was a high end game for its time. I could tell. Yeah, like it, the Mode Seven going on, some of that looked really impressive. Yeah, and just the big like uh, I guess they're called set pieces, like that are made with just yes. uh, pixels. Like for example, the yep. time uh, I'm sorry, the teleporter pod that Luca made in the first in the in the town fair. And freaking, what what else is out there? Just well, all the, the end of time, the little area in the end of time looks. I th I think that's a really cool minimalist design. Huh. A little fenced in area where the old man is. Yeah. 
It is minimalist. Um, and you know, the trial. The trial with that big freaking plate glass stained window. Glass. Yeah, stained really cool. glass window. That was amazing. Uh, the, the, the parallax growing inside the black omen, where it just looks oh, like you're yeah. staring down this like massively deep corridor that you're like on a catwalk. Yeah, above Incredible. Yeah. Really good design. Totally. Um, and all the spell effects. All the spell effects. Also, I um, before I started this, I saw a video on how Mode Seven works, and I understood like maybe five percent of the video. Oh, but wow. okay, <laughs> it's really complicated. But one of the things they showed off was the intro to Chrono Trigger with that pendulum, ah. and the way that works. They showed how that works. It's not a pendulum moving back and forth in front of the screen. It's the screen rotating around a static mode seven background. Oh, dude, no way. That's awesome. I didn't know That's that. That's how that works. So the pendulum is just this straight up and down line with a ball on it. And then they rock the camera back and forth. That's the way they coded it. That's so so pretend it's like, you know, an overworld background, like an ocean and continents or whatever. They're just rocking it back and forth in front of your field of view. Yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> that's cool. Oh, I didn't know that that's how they made that. <laughs> okay. So uh, now that you are no longer blissfully ignorant of, uh, mm-hmm. of uh, what you've been missing all this time, would you like to play a sequel to Chrono Trigger? What would you like to see in a sequel to Chrono Trigger? Uh, Chrono so Cross, Chrono by the way. Cross. Yeah, let's, let's just mention Chrono Cross <laughs> real fast. So that is the the next game. It's not supposed to be a direct there sequel is. at all, but there are connections. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I have played it and I have beaten it. Okay. And back then, I was on the whole train of it's not like Chrono Trigger. I hate it. Boom. <laughs> but uh, over time, I started to like it more. I've come to like it more, and I think I would like to. I don't have it on the list of games that I want you to play though, because. Uh, mm-hmm. We have we have a limit because we because sure. um, we we, we want to have the equal number of games to give to each other, and so I limited that one from my list because it's not like any of my favorite games. But as more and more people who have never played it play it on YouTube and then talk about it and say this is actually really cool, mm. uh, and then I listen to them and I watch it, uh, watch the gameplay on the screen as they talk about it. I'm thinking I would actually probably love it to death if I played it again. <laughs> it wow, is... you're kind of making the case for doing another episode on it. I am making the case, I guess, aren't I? Yeah, I guess you are. But well, if, anyway. <laughs> if you wanted like a real Chrono Trigger, like Chrono Trigger right. 2, what would you like to see in that? What would I like to see? Shit. Um, yeah, you know, know what would either. really mm-hmm. blow me away mm-hmm. is if they... and. and they kind of tried to do this, but if Square uh, employed, and then, again, another caveat, they okay. never would do this. But if Square Enix employed like the Tokyo RPG Factory, like okay. sub studio of theirs, yeah, to I just know. make another 2D Chrono Trigger, just call it Chrono Trigger 2, and it's got it's just 2D. Oh, but modern, like with modern, you know, like uh, so it's like 2D, uh, but it's still HD. Yeah, high definition sprites. Okay. There have been plenty of yeah. you know games that fit that bill lately. If instead of trying to adapt it into a 3D world, which I, they could do that too, but I, I'm saying that I think it would be the coolest if they actually went that route. So seems like the least likely though. <laughs> it it does seem unlikely. So for example, if they went kind of the route of a 
Oh, well, you haven't but, played those games. Like a... Like a... Well, do you know what like Final Fantasy 7, 8, or 9 backgrounds kind of look like? How they're paintings and you run through pre-rendered. them? Pre-rendered. Oh, yeah. Yeah, course. yeah, they're pre-rendered, yeah. So something like that is what you're thinking of, maybe? No, 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 no. Like, no. like Chrono Trigger is now, but just made today. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Oh, yeah, You that's can right. make 16-bit... Well, not 16-bit. Yeah, I you don't want a 16-bit, right? But, yeah. So you could make modern pixelated graphics and they they flow way better you know there's way more frames of animation and i'm I'm trying to think of an example of a game that you know like symphony of the night the way that game looks that's a way more uh smooth there are way more frames going on there uh if you were to do that i'm just saying i would be really impressed but if you're asking in terms of like what would you want to see out of the world of chrono trigger if they were to make another one in huh. my opinion, the only thing that would make sense would be a completely unrelated cast. Maybe make references yeah. mm. to like Chrono and Robo and whoever. Yeah. But don't involve them. Have yeah. a whole new cast, a whole maybe even a new like world and set it in like do the same kinds of Things like maybe involve some of the higher, like maybe Lavos is still a factor, but not the same thing, okay. you know, or whatever. I, I I think it wouldn't work great if you're like, well, what's Chrono up to now? Like, I don't yeah, know. we don't want that. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I, I think in my opinion, really, the after after hearing you talk about it, it's put the idea in my mind that really the best thing they could do if they were going to make a sequel to Chrono Trigger. I do like the idea of keeping it 2D, but I would be totally fine if they went like the Dragon Quest XI graphics sure. route or whatever. Uh, I think the thing that I just want is that, that one, that thing about restraint where they, they, they focus on, they, they, they bring, it's got to have the dual techs, right? It's got to have the dual tech based battle system, and it hmm. should have big boss battles where they're going to counterattack you and have countdown attacks. I think those two things. Yeah make a huge difference in the gameplay. And then I would also, um, yeah, I was thinking about the towns. I don't know how I'd want the towns. I mean, if we're not, if we're not, if we're not, if we're going 3D, I don't know how they'd make the towns like they were in Chrono Trigger. So I'll just leave mm. that aside. I think the other thing that they really just have to have, though, is basically the whole side quest system that they had in this one, where they have the, the dude at the end of time tell you, there are all these things you can do. And then you go find them, and they all involve going back and forth through time, like like you said. I I think as long as you have that stuff, mm-hmm. it it could still be pretty great. I think so too. Um, I think there could be a lot of really cool ways that you could make allusions to the original game mm. without being too like you know hamfisted about it. Uh, yeah. Did you? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you saw the the canceled fan remake of this yeah. game chrono resurrection or something <laughs> yeah yeah there's still videos cool on then. youtube yeah it did if you look at it now i looked at it like earlier today i was like Ooh. <laughs> it's not not as good now yeah <laughs> doesn't look as great now it looks pretty budget but um yeah you know that was an interesting idea fucking hilarious they thought they would get away with it like and not get canceled <laughs> you know Indeed. yeah yeah, they seemed pretty serious about it. They made all that stuff. They got really far. They yeah. put a shit ton of work into that, and they were like, well, you know, here's our development blog of this game that yeah. we don't own. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, they should have kept it a secret and then released it. Just like, or, yeah, there's that. Or just fucking change all the proper nouns. Change all of the uh, fucking, like, the key art to look almost, you know, different enough. Then you wouldn't have gotten canceled. Just change the name but, and know. then make Chrono's hair not red. <laughs> <laughs> and you should have been fine. <laughs> okay. Final question. I'm going to ask you to rank the game. Uh, does Chrono Trigger surpass... I'm just going to go up your freaking top 10 RPGs list, okay? <laughs> okay. Does Chrono Trigger surpass Shadow Hearts Covenant? Yes. Okay. Does Shadow Heart, uh, Does Chrono Trigger surpass Fallout 3? Yes. Wow. Does Chrono Trigger surpass Final Fantasy 6? I would say so. In my opinion, I, I just cannot understand. <laughs> I mean... I what? guess I see what the difference in opinion is for the people that prefer FF6 over uh, Chrono Trigger. It's got to be just all the crazy, the, the number of characters and I guess how big the story is. But uh, I think on nearly every level, Chrono Trigger is vastly superior. That's me. Um, yeah, I mean... What, what do you think? I think Final Fantasy VI gets to right about the limit of where like the bigness and scale uh. of a uh, RPG of that era without watering down too many of the elements. Mm. I think the big picture takeaway of Final Fantasy VI is what makes it stand out. That world and that story and just the shit that went down in uh. that game. How fucking whacked out that game got yeah. at times really are the things that stand out to me. Not so much like the combat or anything anything granular or specific. It's like the yeah. tapestry of the whole game is just fucking off the hook. And I think <laughs> yeah. that's why okay. so many people love it. They look back on it and they go, damn, that was something. But no, I think I think saying. Chrono Trigger is a much uh tighter and more smartly designed experience on every level. Okay. Does Chrono Trigger surpass Fire Emblem? Uh, oh, the first one to come out in uh, the U.S., I guess. That's the one that you mentioned, that. I think. Yeah. I think it was just called Fire Emblem. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, it's better than that. Is it better than? Is it? Is it not better than some other Fire Emblem game? Then. Is it? Um, I would say that I put that on that list because that was a game that introduced me to strategy RPGs. Okay. So I guess I, I organized my list a little differently than the way you organized yours. So mm -hmm. I'm talking in terms of impact they had to me and less in terms of like an objective sense of quality. So okay. I would put this in terms of impact to me, I think the most, the most uh, proficient and smartly designed 16-bit RPG is more important to me personally mm. than, than the concept of SRPGs. I see. So okay. yeah, it would be higher up on the list. It's probably going to be pretty high on the fucking list. I don't remember what my list is. <laughs> I'm going through your list right now, dude. Go for it. <laughs> okay, here's where I think it's going to be pretty tough. Does Chrono Trigger surpass your sixth favorite game, Dragon Quest Eight? That's a PS2 game, yo. Um, I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yeah because Dragon Quest Eight is a throwback 
to games even older than this. Okay. <laughs> but it's a really pretty one. So I would say, yeah. yeah, this is better than that. Yeah, I think I meant I ranked uh, Dragon Quest VIII a lot lower than Chrono Trigger on my list. So, which one would you rather play right now, Zoltan? Oh, maybe Dragon Quest VIII, but yeah, it's it's just, it's hard. It, yeah, if you ask me right now, well, which one would you rather play? I think I'd rather play Dragon Quest VIII, but on my list, I ranked uh, Chrono Trigger higher because I just think huh. it, it is. Like I, okay, yeah. So we're going back into which one do you prefer? Which is which one do you think is better? So it's a hard question for me to answer because it always depends on how recently I played something else. That makes sense too. Okay, is yeah, I probably Dra- want to play Shadow Hearts. Yeah. <laughs> <right now. laughs> is Chrono Trigger better than Symphony of the Night, your fifth favorite game? Shit, <laughs> it's getting really hard to choose now. You know what? I'm going to stop it there. I'd say it would go right above between the last two. So okay. it's going to stop right before Symphony of the Night. Okay. So Symphony of the Night will remain your fifth favorite, and Chrono Trigger is your new number six, and everything else drops down one spot. Everything drops one spot, I guess. Yep. All right, man. I think that's where it sits. Yeah. It really, it, it's it's a good one. <laughs> it is a good one. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that you got the hype because... Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I have heard of instances where somebody who has never played Chrono Trigger finally goes back and plays it, and they're like, "I, I don't know, it's they're pretty like good." Not impressed. But yeah, wow. and I ah, so when I'm, I hear that, I think, "Is it nostalgia?" No, it's not nostalgia. It cannot be nostalgia. This no. is Mm-mm. a freaking good game. This is a really tightly crafted piece of work. I think the only thing that could be a barrier to entry is purely aesthetical so if you really cannot get over the old hump graphics. of an older game yeah uh the mechanics of an older game uh which i think you know you're everyone's entitled to their opinion i think you should really give it a try yeah <laughs> like you should really you should be able to clear that hurdle and just get into them because my my argument for that is always this was massively popular so this was yeah. the call of duty of its time. Indeed. Like everyone played this goddamn game and liked it. There's, you can like this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was broadly popular. So it's not like some niche thing that is going to appeal to hardcore so-and-sos. It's, you can find the appeal. You just got to put yourself in that mindset. And if you don't have... I guess you could call it like the 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 table setting or the discipline sort of for that era of gaming. It might be harder to appreciate, but you should find enjoyment in this game. Like this is as easy as it gets, I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like we said, it's either this game or Dragon Quest Eleven are like the best entry freaking role playing games you could probably pick, right? I guess. I mean, if you're going to pick like an entry entry level, I think Super Mario RPG or Super Mario or the later Paper Mario RPG uh RPGs are, oh, those are good, good picks. Too. Yeah. For like a beginner, what is a role-playing game? What is turn-based combat? Cuz it's so simple. Hmm. It's not going to fill you up in terms of like, man, I'm thinking about this game every day or yeah. like I wish they got another Super Mario RPG 2. Like no. But you know, it could be very special for you the way it is for me, but for turning you on to that, 
and sort of showing you why this is special and cool. Excellent speech. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And that, ladies and gentlemen, does it for the Chrono Trigger episode of Turn-Based Memories. We're all so happy, I think, that Mel likes Chrono Trigger. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. So all that's left uh, before saying goodbye is to introduce the next game. What is it, Mel? Isn't it going to be Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne? That is the one. Hey. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting game. I played a fair amount of it. Um, not, I have to look up to see exactly how far through I got. Yeah, but yeah. it's been a hot minute. So uh, I wouldn't even know exactly everything that went on there. But <laughs> I, it's still... There are scenes in this cutscenes in this game that still stand out in my mind, and there are mechanics in this game that still stand out in my mind. So it'll be really interesting. Well, I shouldn't say anymore, but it's, it'll be an interesting thing to see where we both land on this game. Yeah, I'm uh, kind of worried about it, to be honest. Uh, I've never played a straight Shin Megami Tensei game, but I played Shin Megami yeah. Tensei Persona 3. Persona. Yeah. I didn't get to the end, but I got to like the last three months. It's it's a, it's a game that's that uh, takes place across an entire school year. So yeah. I got to like the last three months, and I I'm I'm stuck on a hard boss that I. From I, everything I understand, Persona games are a fair bit different. Like the whole Mega Ten universe is massive. Like there's like a lot of shit going on in there. But yeah. um, the Nocturne and Digital Devil Saga games. I think they're kind of their own. Like aesthetically, they they do share a lot. Mm. Unless I'm totally mistaken, the Persona games are fairly different. Yeah, I don't know the details. Uh, it's it's one of those uh you know pile of shame type of games where every RPG sure. player sh- should know it. Uh, and even Persona, I don't really know anything beyond three, and I didn't finish it. Uh, I yeah, I've only played three. And um, the the thing that kept me that keeps me on board for that persona game like the the combat's pretty good like it has some interesting mechanics and stuff and it's mm-hmm. turn-based and it's fun enough uh but the thing that i'm worried about with this game is how freaking dark that these games are known to be and kind of have a horror atmosphere which is sure. not yeah which is not a thing that i'm really into now in not ter- your vibe yeah yeah in in terms uh in the case of uh shadow hearts covenant it turned out to be really, really, really fun. Uh, the gameplay was just mm. way too... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I forgot the word. Uh, appealing, I'll say. Um, sure. For me to... Compelling was the word. It's way too huh. compelling for me to give up. And uh, so even though it was a pretty dark game with you know demons and dark areas and things, uh, the characters were funny enough and the co- combat was interesting enough that I totally just was fine with the darkness. Just let me go, keep on going through in this game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the same, the thing with Persona was that it has the darkness, but it also has a setting that I really love, which is Japanese school kids. Uh, I'm into that. So, <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, I don't want you to tell me if Shin Megami Tensei doesn't have school kids. Am I going to like it? I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about it. So We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, I've never played this game at all. Any other Shimigami Tensei. I don't know anything about the battles. Uh, mm-hmm. All I know is Persona 3. And that 4 and 5 are kind of similar. <laughs> all right. 
So thank you very much, Mel. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. If you had a good time, please uh, press the like button, I guess, and subscribe if you haven't subscribed. And tell all your RPG friends about turn-based memories. The best RPG podcast in the whole wide world, according to me. <laughs> and me, damn it. Yes. All right, and that about does it. We will see you guys next time for the Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne episode. Good night. Good night.